0: and welcome back to another episode of Blake's Buzz and this week I have a special treat. This guy has taken Kickstarter by storm a couple of times now. He wrote a fucking comic book with John Wick. He wrote a, another comic book with Jeff Lemire. He's been at Valiant. He's been at Boom. He's been at Dark Horse. He's got some amazing amazing books and he's got a new imprint called Flux House and I'm so excited about what they're putting out ladies and gentlemen. I have Matt Kent on Blake's Buzz ladies and gentlemen. It is insane. Matt how are you doing today sir I'm doing good thanks man thanks for having me oh I am honored honored to have you um, like I said I, I've been a big fan um, you are partly responsible for my Kickstarter addiction because uh, I kind of stumbled onto Kickstarter uh, when cosmic detective came around um, right yeah. like you, you you guys like showed some amazing art in this powerhouse team and like who couldn't have backed that but um, and then, uh, and then after that, I really got into crowdfunding comics, and, and a lot of um, I do like live streams a lot, and have uh, a lot of crowdfunders uh, on to like help promote their books and stuff. So I, 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 a lot of what I do now is is your fault. Um, so I guess thank you. <laughs> That's good. Cool. Well, I'm
1: uh, glad I didn't kill your enthusiasm for Kickstarter with the the, the late shipping of the book. But oh we man, did I'm ship
0: it. I'm so used. To, everything's late. I would I would rather yeah. like get a late book than have you guys rush it and it comes like. Like shipped all shitty with bent corners and pages on fire, you know like i've i've, I've gotten a couple bad books on kickstarter and so yeah i would much rather uh, uh, same way with like video games right like video games get delayed all the time and sometimes they yeah. will cut production to rush them out and they suffer because of that so like you yeah, know man,
1: i got plenty of books to read i can wait first, i'm good my first kickstarter was a was a board game and i was i uh i'm a huge fan of conan the barbarian and there was like a conan board game on kickstarter i was like what's this 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 is great. And I, I backed it. Um, And then like three years later, I got the game. You know, but I, oh, wow. I, I just assume like, and then I've, and then like my, my side hobby is in comics, it's board games. So like I kickstart board games all the time. And, uh, but I always treated it like, Oh, I'm going to buy this thing. I'm pre-ordering it. And then when it's, when it's done, I'll uh, get, it'll show up in the mail and I'm always surprised, you know, i yeah. like, Oh, I for- totally forgot that I backed this thing. And it right. shows up a couple years later. I, I love I, that about so Kickstarter. to me. I love it. And if you keep doing it consistently, eventually you just have a steady stream of stuff coming to your door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So um, it was like two or three years late, but it's but uh, if you're doing it every month, then now you're getting it monthly, two or three years later.
0: <laughs> yeah, now I I knew you were a, a big fan of board games, and I so I follow you on Kickstarter, and I always I see like when you back stuff, and <laughs> yeah, board board games it's are kind of. if if you got the if you got the means to support people like putting it back in the in communities you care about is is really cool i think and um but you know speaking of board games like you you've even made your own board game with with my you you have the mind management uh board game which like is on
1: my hit list i i need that in my life like i have to get it one of these days i think i i got like 100 extra copies so you can order it off my website if you want to (laughs) yeah you're i really
0: like your store um, and and I've bought from it before, um, and I really I've like I can just I, let me just tell our audience like uh, Matt if you buy from Matt's store he ships well, um, and usually you you almost you almost always sketch everything when people buy it. Yeah, uh, I try to. I, 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 have,
1: I have help in the studio. My my wife and then I, my niece is like a part time helper too. She's if if you got it on time or in a timely manner, it's because she <laughs> was involved.
0: Nice. I wish I had a rock star comic book uncle I could ship comic books (laughs) for. That's great. I, I, mean, I love my family and we're all tight. But like, no one has no one has cool opportunities like that going on. But, that that but that's cool. And I I know you've worked with your wife before, like with uh, Department H, um, and then uh um you, you, the new Spy Superb, which is uh, uh, not just a clever name. It's a it's a superb comic. Um, but
1: your wife's working with you on that too, correct? Yeah, yeah, she's painting it. So every once in a while, I get her, I convince her, I make her forget how much work it is and how hard it is, how little it pays. <laughs> and then i get her to to paint another book so and these uh, are big issues good. these are like
0: over 40 page issues so you're you're keeping her busy on these interiors
1: yeah they it's funny they started as 40 page issues and then i was get, going along and i'm like eh, can, how can we bump it up to like 44 48 and then they ended up being like 48 page issues i did backstories and and uh some other stuff i added so they're, yeah they're i love that quiet.
0: I love the the character intensive, uh, like I love how you pick like a random person to like hone in on at the end, and and those little shorts, like the, the two issues that I'm sold, man. Like you, you're really good at this like government conspiracy, spy, assassin kind of narrative, right? Like that, that's, I mean, that's part of that. That's kind of like your wheelhouse. That's that's your that's your jam. I feel like, and and I like that you keep pumping stuff out and it always feels different like it, it's got your voice in your tone right so you, you know who's making it but it's fresh enough to to keep it like invigorating and, and it doesn't necessarily feel like a a spin-off or a rehash of, of something you've done in the past and does that ever get tricky like when you when you kind of stay in a genre for a long period of time like or, or every now and then are you just like over the keyboard like Rack in your brain, like, why don't I write about
1: fucking dragons or f- wizards or something? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I do. I, I'm like, uh, it, it's, I don't know why it always comes back to spies and everything. And I'm like, I need to do something else. <laughs> but, but I think if I can do it in a different way and I, for this one, I felt like I had a d- different little spin I could put on it. and uh, But no, I think my whole career, I've I've been trying to, and especially this line, Dark Horse has been lucky enough to give me a line of books that I just have full control of. and I could do whatever I want with Flux House. And my main goal with these books was to try to do stuff I'd never done before, like pick a different format, work in a different size, tell different kinds of stories Um do weird stuff with the design and uh and there was a point where I was pushing the story and some of the design and the covers and everything's and uh for this book uh in particular and then a couple of books that haven't been announced yet but but pushing it in a way where um I was I felt like I was like am I is this um Am I self-sabotaging? Am I sabotaging my career, (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) subconsciously, or am I, or am I just bored of doing the same thing the same way every time and trying to do something new and different? And I, I'm hoping that's what it is. (laughs) But there's a fine line between uh, sabotaging everything I've ever done and like doing something that just totally fails and trying something new and and it working. You know, like it's it's kind of a fine line. I'm trying to sort of walk it, but um so far it seems all right the response has been all right <laughs> so.
0: yeah i mean for so i got to i i was gifted some of your new stuff um so i mean like uh well uh mind management bootlegs already out but like uh, you know that was that was wonderful and i still haven't read um i still haven't read the mind management i've read volume one i, I have like the volume one of the hardcover and then i yeah. waited too long to buy the hardcovers and now some of them are out of print and i know you yeah, have three three can't
1: find yeah yeah
0: and uh and so i need to that's that's one thing i i've i really need to snag from your shop is is those those three omnibuses uh because i i would i want to read that and you have bonus material in the omnibus editions right like there's stuff Yeah, that's not the in the is,
1: i felt like so much time had passed like there's no way you're going to be able to track down all those old issues um and so i thought it was okay to finally put like a bunch of stuff that hadn't been ever reprinted and just jam them all into the omnibus so if you're going to get nice. something get the omnibus at this point the hardcovers they came out like not long after the issues so i felt like it was a it was like cheating the reader that had followed along for three years while i was doing it to just put everything into those trades and i wanted to reward people that were buying it as it came out you know um because nice. that's what helped sustain it But enough years go by, I'm like, okay, well, everybody, those people have been, everybody's gotten what they needed, but I still want everybody to read everything I did because there was so much more in those issues. Um, so omnibus is the way to go you know i think the hardcovers are whatever number two is and i don't even have one so i couldn't <laughs> i couldn't completely run if i wanted to
0: you're like um, they couldn't even give me comps they sold I, out
1: so well so, you know it's funny is i keep one of everything and then i think i accidentally sold the last one before i realized it was out of print i couldn't get them anymore so somebody got my oh last wow dude you know okay. the world's
0: fucked when when matt kent can't even get a copy
1: eh, i don't <laughs> want it anyway i got I, like what do i need it for i know what's in it
0: <laughs> now that's the that's one series that i like that you keep coming out with like new entities and and like radical entities too right so like you did the the vinyl single issue that came with the the record and then and then of course like the board game which kind of tells its own another story is kind of what i've it seems that i've heard about it and then of course like the omnibuses now we've got the hardcover of mind management bootleg out like is is this something that you're going to continue? you do and like, do you think like do you still have ideas for this world and and more like random one-off stories and and social critiques about how like memes and tiktok culture are just ruining the fucking earth and like all these <laughs> like this wonderful commentary you have like hidden in the spy narrative
1: yeah i uh i always i always pictured mind management as like it was a three-year series And uh, I put everything I had into it and that was it, you know, but I kept, I still think like my brain still thinks in mind management, you know, so every, every story Mm -hmm. is like, wow, this is, that'd probably be a good mind management story, but I don't want to do straight up sequel or continue the series or reboot it or anything. Um, um, So I've always, I did the record, the game was sort of an extension of that, the, even the Um, the new one uh, was different for me because I was getting different artists to draw it. So it felt like I wanted that series to feel like I was like, did I, is this, is this real? Like, did I okay this? Or, you know, are these, are people sort of taking it over and it gave it a totally different feel um so i felt like that was okay but i really uh, my management going forward i never want to do just like here's issue 37 it ended with 36 i don't want to do a new okay. a, i don't want to do a reboot or like bring it back and like an, in a way that it already existed so if we do it again i want it to be something that hasn't been done yet you know like do it as nice. a board game do it as a record do it as like i'm working with netflix on a tv show and i was like this is great it's going to be another it's an extension of that and a totally different art form you know so you I think, did a
0: didn't you do an nft too like an NFT. yeah i don't was want it? to
1: talk about that i got i got okay. so much trouble for that and i, was, I, I bet, did yeah. an nft to make fun of entities which is something i don't recommend you do yeah <laughs> because people that hate nfts just end up hating you and then don't get it and whatever but uh yeah so that was the whole thing but uh Which
0: which DC Comics can make them and give them out for free and everybody still loves Batman, but but an indie creator does it and it's like, whoa.
1: That's okay. Uh, And I get it. I was like, there is an environmental impact to those, which, you know, at the time I was like, I had no idea. And like, how does that work? But to me, I was more intrigued by this idea of like uh, something having value, um, but also not existing you know, or the, like the idea have has value, but it doesn't actually exist anywhere. So it's like, yeah, that there's some, there's an absurdity to that, that I thought was a, a fun mind management thing, but uh, it was fun. It was fun for me for a minute, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, never again, never again. I'm uh uh that's okay
0: you were you were also like sort of well not just you but like you know boom has had a lot of success like doing some of their stuff on kickstarter and and i just recently talked to andy diggle about the the million dollar expanse campaign right and Mm -hmm. and a lot of people i remember now okay so when you came out with berserker with keanu reeves um a lot of the indie comics community like purchasers um, we're like, this is horseshit. This doesn't belong on Kickstarter and yada, yada, yada. But the people that had books out on Kickstarter were like, yeah, let's get fucking Keanu Reeves on Kickstarter. Cause like now everybody's looking at this, at this comic on Kickstarter and seeing all these other comics Kickstarter has, um, have, have. Has that view like kind of died down? Because I, I, it seems like, especially now with how crazy indie publishing is, right? It's like, you know, something's, something's got to change. And and maybe like, maybe these established publishing houses, like going to Kickstarter is is one of those things to help change and generate income and help mm-hmm. the books keep coming out. But I mean, you you've been a fan of, of Kickstarter for a while, you you know, you're you back a lot of stuff, you, you put stuff out on there. Like, um, what's, what's your thoughts on, on, on Kickstarter and, and doing indie work there, as opposed to like, now you have your own publishing imprint at dark horse. And, and like you kind of said, like you're, you're God there. You can do whatever you want. Like, and they're, they're happy to let you do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I, uh, I think Kickstarter is interesting. And I think that, um, uh... I am a huge fan of it. And I think that doing Berserker on Kickstarter was never the plan. It was all, The plan was always traditional publishing and roll it out. And then pandemic happened and then everything was shut down. Stores were shut down. And so we had everything in place to roll this out and start uh, publishing the book. But it's like, how do you do that with, with uh, nowhere to get it? There's no mm. uh, brick and mortar stores to get it at. And, and it sort of pushed us into a space where it's like, well, we still want to do it. How do we do it? And the pandemic at the time you know, it was like, well, how long is this going to last? And how do we, what do we do with this book? Yeah. Um, and so I never had a problem with doing that. Uh, and I think Kickstarter people just have different ideas of what it is and it's, it can be all of those things, you know, it's a boy to get a book. It's a way to get a project done that you couldn't fund, you know, without help. Um, but it's also a way to, to do a project where you make it extra fancy and put all these bells and whistles on it and do a thing that you couldn't do with traditional publishing, um, but with crowdfunding, you can you can actually afford to do some extra crazy stuff and make like a, a fancy version of a book, you know. Yeah. And then uh, and um, and I also think what's interesting to me there was a dichotomy between how uh, Kickstarter was viewed in the board game industry, which I'm a huge fan of and like been following for a long time and into and backing Kickstarters. Um, uh, board game publishers publish on Kickstarter all the time first. They'll publish like a super deluxe version with like extra pieces or all this extra mm-hmm. stuff or add-ons or a thing that you can only get there or a thing that you can get there ahead of time and then there'll be a retailer edition later um, and there's no at least to my mind as a and I'm just a fan of it, right like I'm not really I did one board game you know um, but I'm not really working in the industry but as a fan of it the the perception there is like that's just how that's just how they do it you know this is how it's done and if you want a fancy version, get in on the Kickstarter because that's really the only way you'll get it. Um, yeah. but if you don't want to spend that extra money then you just get it retailed later um, and I felt like why can't comic books be that too you know and I think that is like there's a deluxe version of the berserker it comes with these metal boxes they sent me a lot of the crazy stuff they did which is cool but not necessary like if you just want to read it you can still go to your shop and read it and I think they did a good job of supporting the local shops and making sure the books were in there and, and we mm-hmm. uh, supported shops uh, when they reopened and everything too and I think that it's just it's just what people uh assume a thing is like you assume a kickstarter is for things that can't you know it's like why how do you have like uh publishers on kickstarter doing this they have the money to publish i'm like yeah but the kickstarter is another way to like bring eyes to it you know yeah and then when you bring those eyes you're bringing to it are bringing eyes to other projects that are only exist on kickstarter and aren't by publishers but they're done by indie people and i think i think it does nothing but help you know and if if you don't want to do it don't You know, you just wait for the retail. There's nothing wrong with that either. Um, It's just another way to promote a thing or get eyes on a thing. And um, I also think one of the perceptions of Kickstarter is it's like a store, so you're going there and you're ordering a thing, which it's not that either. Like, (laughs) you really are like helping these things get off the ground, you know. And and I know that with uh, Cosmic Detective, when we did that with David and Jeff, um, we didn't have the money. We didn't have the money to pay David to draw the thing, but the Kickstarter Mm -hmm. allowed us to just pay him up front. It's so like Kickstarter nice. happened and then we were able to pay him and then he could afford to draw the book, you know, and then it was delayed because of shipping, whatever the supply chain, all that stuff. But um, uh, that did help it. So there, there are, uh, it's both, it, it's all of those things, you know, and I don't think you can hate on Kickstarter or hate people to use it for I just don't hate anything. Let's just let's just have yeah, fun. There's too much, like, yeah,
0: there's too much, too much shit in the world. Like, yeah. stay, stay happy. Have you noticed though? Like, so, like, my whole deal is like, I'm, I try to be very, very positive. Like, in in regards to like the comic book culture, and like, I get, I'm, I get really excited. Like, my excitement is genuine. And and like, if if I, you know, I do a lot of reviews and stuff. And if you know, people have like told me like, well, when you do a review, like you don't really say anything bad about the book. And I was like, well, I was like, if there's stuff I don't like, or if I don't like the book at all, I'm not going to talk about it. Um, and yeah. you know, like, I don't, I, it like, it makes me fucking cringe when, when like people like get on Twitter or social media and, and like tag the creators and be like, Oh, this art is trash or Oh, this. like. And I'm like, who the hell are you, man? Like, you know, <laughs> let's, let's see your comic that's so fucking perfect that no one would ever yeah, critique yeah. it. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like nerds, like I I love the culture and I love comics and I, I I think crowdfunding. I think people, you know, unless like you have bad experiences with crowdfunding with like shipping or like getting a damaged book or something or, or like the the new deal is shit coming out in shops before backers get them. Like that's happened to me a couple times. Which that, a you
1: can't do that. That's something yeah. you can't do for sure. And I was I was definitely we got offers on Cosmic Detective to publish, and I was like I was like those are that's great. We'll do that. Well, not until everybody gets their book, and then we'll talk. About it, you know, but yeah, it was. And board games, the same thing happens. You know, sometimes it'll pop up in retail, and a lot of it is like out of the publisher's control to a degree. But I, I would say, go. I would go to the ends of the earth to make sure that didn't happen, because otherwise,
0: yeah, that's like the the cardinal sin of crowdfunding. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Don't do that. That's one thing you shouldn't do. Look at my social media. I if I post about something, it's because I liked it. You know, I, I, when I get on there, I'm looking for recommendations or things that are good. I don't want to go on there and see people complain about a thing they hated, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so that when I'm posting, I'm it's because I liked the thing. I want other people to know here's a good thing. Uh, I rarely complain, but I I will say as a creator, you're putting yourself out there. If somebody tags me in a negative thing, I'm like, I should be able to take it. I put my thing out there. I I'll, I'll take it, you know? And Honestly, if there's a thing you, you can pick on, on, on some of my work, I probably already know it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I probably, and it's one of those things where I, I, it's hard for me to go back and look at anything I've done without seeing all the flaws in it. So if you're, po- if you're pointing one out, I'm like, I already, I know, <laughs> I agree. You're like, I've like already been there and talking about that, but yeah, I'm trying to do better. <laughs>
0: well i mean uh, speaking of doing better um you you know we even with that delay of cosmic detective like when it delivered it fucking delivered man like the book was beautiful the i i apparently missed the memo like i didn't know it was gonna be oversized i knew it was a hardcover right but i didn't know it was like magazine size and so like yeah i when i got that package man i was just and the gilded edges and like the the every like everything was great and then I remember um, I kind of like opened I like looked at the I didn't have time to like read it and get into it but like I unboxed it took a picture and like went through the couple pages and like those first couple pages and, w- and when you see the the dead divine being that we don't really know a lot about well we know about later I don't want to spoil anything though but um, you know th- when we see that corpse and that huge like the double pages splash in that book are so big because it's so oversized right and just like I just yeah. remember seeing that and just like you know any thought i had about like wow this took a long time to get just like dissipated from my mind and was filled with like pure excitement to like experience that graphic novel and and it and it totally paid off and yeah that the art and um i need just to have like you and you and jeff together and and reading about in the back matter about how you guys like would send each other scenes and pages and, and take notes and change stuff and and it kind of like got to this point where you know you forgot who did what it was just a th- it was like a child from both of you right and it it was like you know every you ever yeah, yeah. everybody, everybody's daddy in this right and it's just mm-hmm. like it's and you raised this perfect child and uh and it was it was so like it was so cool man and and it's that kind of boggled my mind because i I see a lot of people it's it's becoming like a a more common thing that i see is is two writers working together but you know and i don't want to like i don't want to like kiss your ass too much here but like matt kent and jeff lemire like these are two really big names in comics that most everybody knows and like you would you would wonder um you know if it would if if you guys would like butt heads, right, and be like, I've done this, I've done this for decades, and you're like, I've done this for decades. And I and I know you guys have like made jokes to each other, like in your valiant work, uh about yeah. like about editing each other's stuff. And, uh, but it, it was it, was it like a pretty calm, nice, creative experience? Or were there ever a couple moments where like yeah, you're, you're no, getting man. pages back and you're like, I don't know, Jeff. I don't know. We man. would never,
1: we wouldn't even, we wouldn't even consider doing it if we, if it wasn't going to be fun. You know, there's no point nice. in doing it. Like he can write, I can write. We don't need each other. We don't need each other to make a book. You know, like we, the only reason to do it was because it would be fun to do. Yeah. You know, so if it stopped being that or never was that, then we just wouldn't bother you know same with all collaborations honestly even the berserker collaboration was similar in that uh well i didn't really want to do if it was just me writing on my own i didn't want to do it and if it was going to be a thing where uh the collaboration was going to be weird or like not or like uneven or like uh like i'm just doing what i'm told i wouldn't have done that either yeah um so like, like for me like having two writers or it, it, there needs to be a sum that's greater than its parts there needs to be a reason to do it um to think that's with both of those collaborations it was just like if if it wasn't fun I wasn't going to do it I'm I'm at the stage in my career and at an age too where like I I've always wanted to be which is and then also my whole life was always trying to find the route that's the most fun like what's the most fun thing to do that's the thing I want to do what's you know it was never about money or any or any other motivation other than it sounds like fun, you know, yeah. and then like the older I get, the, the more I did it, the more I'm like, oh, this is now I'm making money doing something that's fun. Now I can do more of that thing and I don't have to do, I can do less graphic design or do take less work for higher jobs because uh, those aren't as much fun as me just like noodling around doing what I want to do. So I got you. So uh, yeah, so I, if I'm doing anything at this point, it's not It's not because I had to or felt like a need or it was miserable or because I would just quit it. <laughs> I would quit the job if it wasn't fun at this point.
0: That's, I I, hey, I as someone who recently uh quit their job because it was very not fun I totally
1: understand that. No, that's <laughs> uh, but, not good man life life is too short like it's yeah, def- not worth it definitely no of money is. that's worth it like
0: the 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 stress of like not i mean luckily i had enough money to like you know i'm while i i can take time to find a new job um and also like i've been doing like way more blake's buzz and live streams it's been it almost feels like that's my job right now which is i need to stop yeah. tricking myself into thinking that because it's i i still need i still need to be like dude you need to fucking fill out some like update the resume and blah blah, blah. but anyways like yeah it's uh the 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 stress of like not really knowing. Going, what's going to happen financially is like way better than the stress I was putting up with at this job that did not, give a shit about me at all so uh, I, I totally get that man like um and and i think more people need to need to realize that too like if, if i could ever tell somebody anything it's that like man if you feel if you feel stuck and and you don't feel important and and like you can change that it, it might be scary right and it might be tough for a little bit but you you can change it you can find something else um and or you know you can hop on kickstarter with fucking keanu reeves and and do that too. <laughs> like, you can do it the mac <laughs>
1: i like- yeah you get that that might be a that's not a path that i think you can choose i think that's a path that ends up happening but (laughs) i will say like i my last day job i was laid off from my last design job um back in 1998 and our daughter was born like a week later so i'm walking around i'm like what am i gonna do like uh and i just decided to treat comics like a full-time job for for as long as i could like basically like a year um but i was i had uh i had a little bit of severance from that job and then i had unemployment and then i had nothing so it was like you just start to become numb to like or, you know where's the next paycheck coming from you know yeah. or where's the next money coming you just start to become numb to it and just keep working and i just kept working as hard as i could treating it like a job and then it started to started i mean the simplified version of it is it started to become a job and it started to pay because i started treating it like a job um and you just kind of i made it happen but if i hadn't gotten laid off i probably never quit that job i'd be too scared to do it so sometimes wow. you just gotta get kicked in the pants a little bit and yeah, it's funny right what
0: it's funny what life does to you, right? Like it, it 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 throws you around and and treats you like an asshole sometimes. But then every now and then you're mm-hmm. like, like, well, like things do happen for reasons, right? Or like you know things yeah. are, things can be serendipitous in a in a nice. A nice way. Um and, and so I I know we've I've I've talked about like your Kickstarter stuff and um you know, I technically what we're here uh to talk about is, is Flux House, uh, your your new dark horse imprint that yeah like yeah, I, I feel like everybody is really, really excited about it. Uh I am, I certainly am. And like I said, I've gotten to read some stuff. Uh I got I got to take a look at Mr. Mammoth, uh I got to I got to do uh I got to read hairball, which was so creepy and weird. Oh my god. And uh <laughs> how much
1: of that did you read? How much did just, they give you? It, Just did one of okay yeah, yeah it gets worse
0: <laughs> oh I, I i I felt i was like if this is the first issue like i i felt like it would oh, go man. it would go darker not lighter right like
1: <laughs> yeah it gets creepier I, right? that's the only script i've written where as i was writing it it grossed me out and i think end of issue one is like the part issue one really got me like his coffee the thing with his coffee cup oh again i'm not gonna spoil it or whatever but that's yeah made me sick <laughs> when i yeah. was writing it that
0: and, and the worms um
1: yeah, the worm steer. Like- that was the other part
0: i'm i'm so i'm a dog guy but my sister has two cats now because because my sister this this cat like ran into her house one day and like just moved in Mm -hmm. and they fell in love right and that's how they do it yeah yeah, and then they then they adopted another one and so so they have cats and when i go over there like i really like i really enjoy cat and i kind of like part i've never really wanted a cat until she got one and but i don't know like my new puppy bruce like he's he's such Mm a i'd be worried about him i don't think he would hurt it on purpose but he just gets crazy sometimes he's like he's like a 40 pound pitbull on speed like mm-hmm. he's like cocaine bear but dog and it's, like, it's just like he's just all go all the time and uh but anyways like i just really enjoyed these cats right and so i was like when i started reading this i was like oh i was like oh my i'm gonna have to like show this to my sister because she's interested in comics but doesn't she she was one when i told her like when i talked to her about Nailbiter, like she didn't realize there were comics about serial killers and shit i was like i was mm-hmm. like no dude there's shit that's not marvel and dc like it's there's tons yeah. there's comics for anything and everybody and she was like oh that like blew her mind and so i was like oh man i gotta have her read this cat comic and then i'm like she's probably not gonna like this cat comic. <laughs> like, well, i mean she would she thing. would like it but it wouldn't be the wholesome experience that yeah yeah not no, that's not
1: it's not your cute cat comic but I will say yeah. like, it's a, it's a redemptive cat story by the end of it. Like, no, nice. it's not for cat haters. It's for, it's for everybody.
0: <laughs> well, I feel like it's the, the, the cat's trying to help. It's just trying to help yeah. in, a very dark in a very dark way. way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, I, I, folks, I, I don't want to give too much away, but it, it's about a, a, an adopted girl who's having a lot of social issues and, and health problems and, and this cat that kind of the same way, like just kind of invades this home and doesn't leave and the it's very ox like i grew up with with parents like that that are they, they there was a lot of arguing a lot of my family thought they were going to get divorced for a while they ended up not everything ended mm-hmm. up being okay but when my sister and i were younger like there was a lot of fighting and like shit got thrown sometimes and it was just, like you know awkward stuff like that so like you totally brought me back into that fun dark place and i was just like i was just like really uncomfortable but like it really ramped up the the tension and the pacing too for me right so like i was in it in a a weird vulnerable way and and like that really latched me on and like, I, like i'm very very excited for issue two like is it is this going to be like a, a a mini series like a four or five issue banger or? Yeah,
1: it's going to be like a four issue series and okay then, um, and then we're collecting it into a hardcover that's going to be covered with fur nice <laughs> fur. I, yeah
0: that was in the press release i was i was wondering about mm-hmm. that because in the year one in, yeah you were like he, basically what matt said in this press release he's like i'm doing flux house because i want to make experimental comic books and i want to put out hardcovers and furry books and, and, and he was like no not like not like furry people in costume books but yeah. like books covered in fur and i was like what that's
1: cool though man <laughs> yeah yeah now if i uh yeah well, oh, i just realized the inside cover should be like sandpaper like a cat's tongue i'm gonna we're gonna work oh on that. yeah yeah <laughs> just now i had that idea it's not too late
0: yeah i mean i'm, I'm sure you could still if, if, if issue mm. one's not even out yet so i'm you could probably still design the hardcover and make yeah, some yeah. changes but yeah, I, I really dug that, and that felt wildly different than a lot of stuff I've, I've read from you lately. Uh, and that that kind of feels like you were really. Um, just kind of going off the rails, but in, in like a good way, like, like I said, like it's structured and paced very well. It's, it's a good, creepy story. Um, you, you're good at keeping your audience like very uncomfortable, which like I, I'm a big nerd on like tension and how it carries the narrative. Right. And so like, just like the yeah. discomfort that you manipulate in your readers, just like you, and then you, and then you're like feeling bad, like you're turning the pages, like wanting to watch this family fall apart. Right. And then you feel like kind of guilty too. Cause you're like, what kind of sick fuck am I? Um, uh, but yeah it's like that was awesome uh, I got to I got to read Mr. Mammoth and like Mr. Oh, yeah. Mammoth like oh my god like a pacifist revenge story like give me a fucking break dude like <laughs> yeah, I, don't, that
1: don't spoil that one that yeah one, that one has a crazy ending yeah
0: that, the, and I was <laughs> like thinking that too I was like man I don't even know how to talk about this book other than to just say like it's great <laughs> like it's just really good because you can't it's like it's a it's a private eye story right and it but then it like it goes all over the place and 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 the, the, the flashback scenes and like, oh my God, when we find out how he got his scars, like, dude, that creeped me out too. I was just like. I like was like holding my arm while I was reading it I was like oh but yeah like, <laughs> no, you're fun, producing like these real visceral reactions in these in these new books you're putting out man like you, you fucking feel them in your bone marrow like you're you're on one and it's super impressive
1: oh man I pre- I appreciate it I yeah you know what the older the more I write the more I start to become aware of like some of my writing uh ticks or styles or like the things I end up doing and so as I become aware of those I'm trying to get rid of them and it of to strip that stuff out to try different things. So like a lot of like in my early stuff, um, it, there's a lot of narration and first person voiceover and that kind of thing. And then, and then, uh, and I'm—I was always aware of it, but I, as I got uh, this newest patch of books, I'm like, I wonder—I don't want to use that as a crutch. If I'm going to use it, I want to use it in a way that's because I'm choosing to use it, not just because it's like the easy way to do it. So yeah. a lot of these books, like Hairball, for sure, like I strip all that out. It's just dialogue, and and then there's a little bit of a cheat with the bookends of her talking to a therapist, mm-hmm. um, and I—but I, which ties up in a fun way, like at the at the very end. Um, but yeah, I, I, wanted to try, just push myself to write in a different way. And so maybe I'm glad to hear like some of that stuff's coming through. Cause I, I was trying some different things and, uh, with Mr. Mammoth, that's the one where like, I love private eye stories, detective stories, crime stuff. And, uh, but I, I'm so sick of like this trope of the. Uh, like the private eye, like down on his luck, private eye, smokes mm-hmm. and drinks and whatever is lonely. <laughs> and so I, uh, but I tried to run right into it. I was like, well, here, let's have a guy like that. Big, tough guy, scars all over. But then I was like, what if he doesn't, what if he just like watches soap operas and doesn't want to fight, <laughs> but he kind of has a smart mouth, you know? And uh, which some of that was like inspired by my personality growing up. I remember like being picked on in school all the time. And, uh, but I had such a smart mouth. I never, wa- never once have I been in a fight. <laughs> but I've, I've been in a situation where people wanted to fight me or hit me, you know, and only because of <laughs> my speaking. <laughs> But I do, I feel like, if, I was like, if it comes, if we have to actually hit each other, then we failed to communicate. <laughs> you
0: know? I was in my like late twenties when I started working at this bar. Cause, uh, I, I was out of college and about to start grad school and, um, they were, they were like, Hey, you owe student loans and you're not in school yet. And so I had to like find a job real quick. And I started working at this bar and I was there for seven years, man. And it was, it was a really crazy, fun seven years, but I also like, I say fun, but I don't miss it at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but there was, I quickly learned that like, you know, reaching like 30 and then after 30, like even when you win a fight, you're hurt for three or four days after. And so I quickly became yeah. the bouncer that was like, hey, let's just talk about it. You know, dude, you come back tomorrow. We'll have a great time. You just got to go tonight. All right. But and so like I, I learned how to like. You know, talk to people, uh, and as opposed to just like, but and then sometimes that doesn't work either. And then we, you know, you then you got like a hot headed bartender who's like girlfriend's mad at him and he wants to like take it out on a customer and throws a drink in their face or something. And then, uh, then he's like, Oh, Blake will take care of it. And it's like, Oh, hell yeah, Blake will take care of it. So, like, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a weird deal, but yeah, uh, I, I don't, I don't recommend using our words, right? Is a good thing, e- even if you're not a writer, even yeah, if you're yeah. not very eloquent, like, fucking communicate makes the world an That's easy right. place. To Live in.
1: the older i get to the yeah the more of my words are de-escalation words rather than uh words that lead to fights i'd rather just <laughs> let's, let's calm down let's just, nothing's worth getting hit over
0: <laughs> that is that is true uh but yeah um and and that's another a, an interesting aspect of your personality that kind of plays out in mr mammoth because it's he is a he's a he's a pacifist he's a writer he's like an eloquent writer and um and 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 f- far more intelligent than anyone is led to believe right until until things start to wrap up and and we really see like the mind of this absolutely unique individual um which and going back to uh cosmic detective like another another way you were like you surpassed the trope and cliche of the like kind of noir-esque uh private eye narrative because he's he's got a family and kids and he's like his, his, you know, him and his wife are still sleeping together. And like, he's not, you know, his, his, he, his, the job is rough, right? But his home life is like pretty solid, you know? And like, they, he has yeah. a great relationship with his wife and his kids. And, um, and so, yeah, like that was, that, uh, that made, cosmic detective even more that i, I don't know that i've ever r- really read a comic like that where just like the art surpasses like anything i could have expected right like y- y- you and jeff could have like not said a goddamn thing that whole book and just we like those pages speak for themselves but on top of like the clean dialogue and even like the exposition is kind of lofty and poetic at times and uh this whole deal of like you know humans dealing with gods and and that you know like that juxtaposition from one being to the next and and having to like exist together right it was really cool and um and yeah so i'm it's it's so you're so good at like taking these like normative literature tropes right and and just really like flipping them over and or like a cat like knocking a fucking glass off the edge of the counter and having it like you know splinter onto the floor and, and shatter into a million pieces that that just like Everything I've read by you, it always it always shocks me, and it always makes me think about the world differently. And in my opinion, like that's a sign of like great literature and great creatives. Um, Just like you know, the the scarred muscular behemoth scary guy is actually a, a a wildly intense romantic and can write great prose, right? Or this this like hard edged badass private eye is actually like a soft and tender lover and father and then like um or looking at like mind management and the bootleg and it's like this this uh these these spies and assassins is a, is actually a, a a way for you to you know it it comes down to like a meme and how it's gonna like ruin the world and and so the, the way you commentate on humanity in these these various aspects like when you have like like a like rock hard entities like that it do you get like, do, do you, do you, are you like, I want to say something like, do you feel that first and then find a story to like fit that in? Or does that kind of happen organically as you write? Like, cause I feel like you, you're, you teach us things in your comics, which not everybody is. a lot of people try to do, but aren't successful at it. But I feel like you're very successful at that.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I don't, I never have ever started a book where I'm like, Oh, this is what this book's going to be about. You know, it usually starts with a character, or, like, I have a fun plot twist or something, or, um, okay. and then as you're writing it, like, the thing that book is about ends up being whatever it's going to be about. Like, at uh, the end, you look at it and they're like, oh, okay, I guess that's what that's about. <laughs> <I've> never, <laughs> I never, because I don't, I'm a huge, I don't like uh, books that are metaphors or allegories for things, or like, this, okay, there's like a direct, like, this means that, and that means that. Like, uh, um, I remember reading uh, an interview with um, Tolkien. And then they're like, oh, like they were talking about how Lord of the Rings is a metaphor for World War One, you know, because he went, he was in World War One, and like the whole mm-hmm. thing is is like an allegory or metaphor for that. And uh, he hated, he's like, no, it's not. He's like, I hate that idea. And uh, it totally <laughs> is a metaphor for World War One. <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> I don't know that he was even aware of it while he was doing it. You know, it's like subconscious yeah. thing. So if that stuff is in my work, it's like a, it's just in there. You like know, a happy action just because, yeah. And like I have ideas about the world and how it works. And then and like I think my mindset going into anything is is to just try to do something positive or be good. You know, and and uh and then help people. <laughs> and then and then like the books. I'm hoping at the end when you're done, you're like hopefully you feel better about something or you feel you want to do something nicer you know, or, yeah. or be a little different but i don't i don't try to make a book that tells you to do that I, first of all the number one thing is like i want to do something that's entertaining like fun uh, not to other people to me because <laughs> i have to draw <laughs> if i'm drawing it especially it needs to be fun to draw so i want cool stuff in there uh, and i know that i've worked with a lot of great artists so i want to make sure i'm drawing stuff that's gonna be fun for them to do you know and, and try to have. I want to have fun doing the thing, you know, so that's number one. And then hopefully it's about something or people get meaning out of it. And then sometimes I will be like, by the end of it, I'll get it. I'll have an inkling. I'm like, Oh, okay. This is, I think this is what I'm trying to do. This is what this is about. And then, um, and then I usually just let it, let it be like, cause if you go back in and try to reinforce it, then it, then it seems like too heavy handed or over the top yeah. um, part. And I will say too. you mentioned all these books, I've been really lucky to work with a lot of great artists like David Rubin on, on cosmic detective and Tyler Jenkins and Hillary Jenkins on hairball. And then um, what was the other, and then Mr. Mammoth, Jean Denis Pendant, who um, I said his name as close as I could to the French. <laughs> <Hopefully he's laughs> I'm, glad, the I'm glad you did it
0: first and not me. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I like, I like saying it, but I don't, I don't know how close that is anyway he he was introduced to me through my french uh publisher who is published. they've translated all my stuff into french and then oh cool that book came about because i i was last time i was in france uh which uh, there's no pretentious way not to say that (laughs) sentence but uh uh i was there i there's all the book the all the artists there are great like all the books are great they're all in french you know a lot of them don't make it over here in english so I'm seeing all these great books. I'm buying these books and um I'm like, wow, all these great artists that nobody over here even has heard about, but there's, they would be like top 10 artists in the country here. Wow. Um, so I reached out to my editor there and I was like, is there any way you could introduce me to, you know, anybody over there? Like I love these guys and, and he was one of them. Um, and he did. And and he was a huge fan of my stuff. You know, he'd read my things and, and uh, that were translated. And, and so I pitched that idea to him, and, and he's great. Like he uh, his art's so good. He's like a reminds me of kind of like Will Eisner, like yeah. a, sort of like a more painterly Will Eisner, like old school style, which is like perfect for that detective story and everything. But um anyway, and then like the glass and the The glass
0: and the castle designs and stuff in the end, like and yeah, a lot, a lot he, of the scenery. Oh my god, it was beautiful. I had
1: an ending and the ending I wrote for that was a certain thing, um sort of involving the thing he was building at the end. Um, but then he sent me uh, photos of this real this real place a guy had built like made out of glass and different things and he's like what if we what if we were we sort of did it like this and then sort of I sort of rewrote it to sort of incorporate that idea with the glass and the, and then uh, and then oh, cool even cooler than it uh, than I thought it could be. <laughs> but, yeah, it was
0: a, it was a great, um, a really, really great, uh, book. I, I, I want to write a review about it and it, but it's like intimidating. Um, I mean, I, I, like I, when I said something earlier, it was like, I, even then, like I almost spoiled, I almost said too much, like, right. It was like trying to just trying yeah. to like label it in a genre is almost a spoiler. Um, uh, and, and it, it was, man, cause I, I was in it right. It, even though like I was kind of lost and circling and, and waiting, you know, to, to see where we were going and to see. And, but I was like never not excited to turn a page in that graphic novel. And, and then once you, once we get to the end, and then once we find out like how manipulative certain characters are, um, it's almost like shit like that really blows my mind. So, like, I was an MFA student. I was in a, I did, my, I got a BA in English writing and I wrote a lot of fiction and tried to do short stories and stuff and went to, went to, got into an MFA program and studied poetry and, and I kind of got into like creative nonfiction and was all yeah, over the place. Nice. And, um, but it, it, it's like, so like, I know how to write. And that's why my reviews do pretty well, right? Because I've noticed when I read the competitors to see, like, what other people are doing, no one knows how to use a fucking comma anymore. Uh, Definitely no one knows how to use a fucking semicolon, but they still want to, like, put it in there because, like, Kurt Vonnegut said, like, it's proof you went to college, right? And and, uh, and, and so he's just like, you know, I see, like, I see people, like, write reviews and but like struggle with writing and so like I get the mechanics and and that works for me like with my sub stack and stuff and the things I write but when I'm trying I'm starting to get that itch back to like write fiction again and and I I really want to try I've wanted to write a comic book for a long time and um and it's it's maddening sometimes to see the ideas that you all you know plant and or germinate and then plant and then it fucking grows and then it makes this fucking tasty piece of fruit right and then you bite into that fruit and it fucking squirts everywhere and like dribbles down your chin and and it and then it's 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 like a red juice and it stains your shirt but it's so good you don't even fucking care that it just stains your shirt right you're like i'll buy another shirt and that's how fucking mr mammoth made me feel man like I you like put me through just a lot of like, like I said these the last few books I've read from you like very visceral very raw emotions that you're you're pulling out um and, and you know like a, a lot of these are are, are, are universal things right like a, a lot of us our parents fought right no one had a fucking perfect childhood and if you did fuck you like i don't you know you did, where was my perfect childhood at no but uh and and you know like so I mean, a lot of people can relate to these story elements you're putting out even though they're like outlandish scenarios that are are totally crazy right uh, and and so yeah like mr mammoth like took me on this on this ride of like you know, like I'm not the prettiest person either. And like, you know, relationships are weird sometimes. And I was like, I was like, I identified with that. And and like, you know, the loneliness and like the the you know, writing and wondering writing sometimes, even not if no one's ever gonna read it. Is if anybody ever gonna see these things that I say or feel these things that I feel and like there's all of this stuff man like pouring out of this narrative and, and on on top of just like this great story and i can't there's i i'm very very lucky i'm on a lot of press lists and i get to read a lot of comics and people send me advances and ask me to take a look at stuff and i'm at that point now where people ask me for pull quotes which is fucking weird like my, when my name's on the back cover of a comic like that freaks me out i, I never thought that the
1: way you describe mr mammoth just now i gotta figure out how to pull quote that with the juice running down here i gotta figure that out <laughs> out to a cool
0: quote <laughs> I, I i if you want it man i'll 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 stay up late and, and get it just perfect <laughs> like, for you.
1: you gotta transcribe um, that for me
0: <laughs> but you know it's it's uh i i'm I, and i love a lot of comics that i read and 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 i'm still a big fan of like big two stuff but like people are not doing what you're doing right now and and this is just the start this is just the the premier cusp of what flux house is going to do like i'm so excited like all i can think about is like next year or the year after like what other crazy shit you're going to like blow our minds with because you're just you're on one right now and 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 i'm glad like when you say like i do things because i want to have fun and if it's not fun for me fuck it because like whatever you're doing man like you got to keep that mentality and you got to like you got to stay in the matt Kent happy space right wherever you're at because this you're you're putting out you're you're dropping bangers right now dude and i just can't like and and we haven't even brought up spy superb yet really like like that is it's it's so funny and goofy and 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 also like super violent and like and insanely fun is like it's like uh it's like a modern age like leslie nielsen spy story right except like a little bit darker and a little bit weirder but that kind of same quirkiness uh and and uh and and it's just like it's so cool, man. And and it's I'm so glad Dark Horse. I, I was gonna say take a risk on you, but it's it, no one's taking a risk on Matt Kent. Like if, 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 if Matt Kent goes somewhere, I feel like I feel like if if you're like, hey, I want to make this comic book with you, people would be like, yes, let's let's figure out when we can do that. No, Not man, like,
1: They take a risk if they're, if they're saying yes to me, doing a fur cover and then some of the other stuff I'm doing, like the Spice Curve covers have like a, they're like paper bag covers, you know? Yeah. So they're, they're, I don't, they're, they're taking a risk on me taking risks, which is a risk, I guess.
0: (laughs) How did, how did your, I mean, you've had a good relationship with them before, right? Cause like um, not, not long ago, like the trades for like Crimson Flower and Fear Case came out. We both came from Dark Horse, Dark Horse, which were both like also, really great intriguing and unique narratives crimson flower and assassin tale like no other uh fear case like like a new age pandora's box story like give me a fucking break man like you're crazy i like the way
1: you describe these books you need to be writing the back of my books (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i'm unemployed yet i I, if if you if you want to bring me into the circle i'll get a job doing that
0: (laughs) um but but you know so like you 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 built this you built a good relationship with dark horse and and then you know were they just finally like like was it what what was their deal because you're kind of you're you're doing bad idea stuff too or like did did, were they kind of like matt like be ours and only ours like what do we got to do to like you know put you in chains and keep you in the basement but still keep you happy like how how did that happen
1: this this relationship came started like back when mind management issue one came out this is like years ago and i had pitched mind management to uh vertigo and at the time vertigo was like we're not doing i pitched it as like a five issue series you know i was like here's Mm. i want to do this uh lamir just sweet tooth was just uh i don't know what year he was in he was a couple years ahead of me so he sweet tooth was coming out i was like i was like here's my sweet tooth i want to do this thing and then They were like we're not doing we're doing only original graphic novels now we're not doing ongoing series anymore i was like well okay well this one's not gonna be i'm not doing this as a graphic novel this is too much you know Mm -hmm. and uh so i took it and then um i was like i don't know what i'm gonna do with this nobody's doing ongoing series anymore and then um my editor at the time dark Horse was like yeah we're not nobody's really doing these long ongoing things anymore like, the market had sort of shifted. I was like, well, yeah. I guess I'm not doing that. But then Mike Richardson, uh, uh, Dark Horse publisher, president, mm-hmm. <laughs> owner of Dark Horse, called, literally called me up. And, uh, and I don't know if you'd seen another book come out. I think I did Revolver at Vertigo. He saw the book come out. He's like, why aren't we doing your next book? I was like, well, I'm pitching this five-year series that nobody wants to do. And and uh, it's just crazy. And then uh, he like, well, he's like, we're doing it. <laughs> he just told me. Without having seen the pitch, even he's like, "We're wow. doing it." He's just a fan of my stuff, and and uh, I don't know. I can't tell you how much that means, you know. If it's something like that happened, where I don't, I talked to Mike maybe a handful of times my whole life, you know. But he was publishing my stuff, and he liked my books, and uh, and then noticed that I wasn't, you know, wasn't happening in Dark Horse, and so he just made sure it happened. And uh, like I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know why. I don't know why. I just like that. So that happened. And then, uh, so when he approved that five-year series, I immediately went back to my outline. I was like, five years is a long time. I, let's maybe condense this into three years. So it's ended up being three years, 36 issues. Only because he, as soon as he approved it, I was like, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I have it in me to do all that, you know? Um, but it, I think that helped it. It made it a denser read because I just put five years into three years and it made it more like a, crazier thing to read um but i I can't so anyway that that started back in the day and i think it was just this latest round of books and i think my trades have been coming out beer case um crimson flower to be honest those the trades came out and i was like the books came in the mail and i was like i wish these look i wish these looked fancier (laughs) i wish (laughs) you know i wish that they were uh i wanted to be uh whatever i just wanted i wanted uh more control you know i Hmm. didn't i don't want to just do the books and then they come out and then they're on the shelf uh i wanted uh and i felt a little guilty that we're printing these books and like there's no reason to like you could just read on the ipad it would look just as good and then why not why is it why is this a book at all um so i i started feeling that those feelings and i was like well these what if i did my own imprint and then with that's an excuse then to every book then we can treat like its own unique weird thing it doesn't have to fit into a line of books doesn't have to everyone can just be sort of different and then I'll take responsibility for it. So if everything tanks, that's it. Flex house. Good. Nice try. (laughs) You know, we're done. (laughs) Um, uh, So it was a way to do that in a way where then I, um, and I, I wrote like this mission statement and and then had conversations meetings with everybody at dark horse. I was like, look, let's, let's do, I'm bored. Like if I'm bored doing this um, you have to be bored because there's so many books coming out every month and you know, I don't want to be just another book among books. Mm -hmm. um let's do i don't want you to be bored in your job any more than i'm bored in my job so I talked to print buying and production and and uh everybody i was like let's just do let's see what we can do let's ask the printer what can be done you know and like and then just try to do some crazy stuff and have fun doing it um and if we did it that way before let's not do it that way again so every book is going to be a little different and try to do something new and make everybody nervous and printers not sure if they can do it and send samples and they're like, well, we can't do this, but we can do that. And then, uh, and just be like, uh, I want everybody to feel like I'm feeling, which is like, uh, like a career midlife crisis. <laughs> like, like <laughs> what are we doing? Here? What are we doing here? It's like, let's, let's come on, let's shake it up. Let's uh, forget all that other stuff. Let's start all over. And let's do something new. Make it different. Let's be excited. Let's do. I this first year of books is probably the most normal stuff we're doing, you know. And then like the second wave, is wow. gonna be, we're going to do more album sized things. There's going to be like magazine sized stuff, and then. Uh, um, I have a idea that is, no one has done I'm not, I can't even tell you the format it's going to be in because, and it's print, but it's going to be in its, uh, sequential narrative, but in a format, nobody's done before. And I'm not, I can't tell you because I'm scared. I won't be able to get it done before somebody else steals the idea. <laughs> Which I'm never that way. I'm never that way. I was like, no one steals ideas, you know, whatever. But this is one where I'm like, I can't believe no one's thought started this. I'm going to wow. do it. It's going to be perfect. Um, anyway, so that's, that's like a 20 end of 2024, probably for that um anyway it's just but it's it's great they've given me this some runway to, to get things done in a in a weird different way and and like there's no pressure to like um i don't know do anything but have fun
0: that's awesome man so i don't i don't know if you can tell us but like so the the first i guess because spy superb is is it flux house or is it just regular dark horse yeah it's
1: flux house and it is and okay technically uh my management bootleg was the first flux house book okay um even though that's, that's probably the most, that's probably the last traditional style book that, uh, we'll do. <laughs> um, Cause, Cause Mr. Mammoth is, 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 got a hardcover. Co- that's album size. That's like European album size. It's bigger. Oh, and, cool. Um, yeah. It's big. And he, it's like fully painted. Like this, his art is so great. Like he sent me, he sent me as a gift, a couple pages of art, a page from the book and then a painting for one of the covers and they're gigantic. It's like, if you've ever oh, seen wow. the Will Eisner's spirit, uh, the artist yeah editions, yeah they you know the it's huge, like that yeah. he's working at that size <laughs> like oh my gosh that's so cool man it's uh it's so cool um anyway so that book's bigger and um and it's it's fun that book is already out in france like as they published his two albums like a volume one and volume two oh wow and it came out it came out a year ago over there so this is the first time it has been in english come on
0: man how are you gonna just sell your country out like that just no put i had to do in. it I, that
1: was the devil i <laughs> deal i made with the devil to get uh, an artist as good as uh, well if that,
0: whatever you had to do to get to get him on uh, to yeah, do the yeah. interiors yeah you do it you, you do whatever they tell you to do <laughs> <laughs> they could they could they could strip you in the square and beat you with stale baguettes so you do what you gotta yeah, do man. I,
1: was, I was like you tell me what i gotta do i'll step in dog poop <laughs>
0: <laughs> now you
1: speaking of speaking
0: of, of fun and, and doing you know being weird with with comic book publishing um that's very kind of on brand of what you guys are doing over at bad idea it seems like um just uh, you know
1: like crossover is disturbing the amount of ideas (laughs) that are so similar is uh but it's great i get to see them do some stuff that's too crazy i was like okay well i'm not gonna go that far (laughs) (laughs) i'm not doing that but uh we're not gonna like it. call
0: call shops and, and have like specific criteria like if you want yeah, the new mad git uh, comics you gotta well, do
1: this this and this i'm too old for that anyway i'm so i'm uh i just so tired some of the things they do make me tired hearing about it i'm like oh that's just a so much trouble <laughs> <laughs> i'm too old for that um, but no it's, it's funny we uh at valiant when i was at valiant i was, was working with warren and dinesh there mm-hmm. and I would we would have meetings I'd have meetings with Dinesh and he and I would have the really crazy publishing ideas together we really got along because we wanted to do a lot of the same kind of nutty things you know with marketing PR and comics and publishing and just try to do different stuff so when bad idea happened we it was like uh somebody took all the restraints off and we were able to kind of do he he took it further than I I would <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, uh but it was fun he there was no. uh no one to t- tell us what to do. And I, I think it's great because we're both in a spot now where no one's telling us what to do. And he's he's just a little, maybe a little more fearless than me. I'm not mailing rocks to people. let <laughs> to say that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but they're excited for the fucking rocks
1: <laughs> i know it's great i got, man. It's so that, it's a, I
0: got my rock
1: <laughs> i love people can criticize do whatever i was like if people are excited about it I, it's creating yeah. excitement and people are, people want to do it can do it and people don't want you don't have to do that stuff you know and you'll be yeah. able to find the books it takes a little more to maybe find like the, the comics but um i don't know i think it's it's just kind of fun to me i i uh can opt in or not but uh i like it
0: yeah <laughs> now if with with you doing like flux house and and and, and everything else are, are I'm, well i mean i guess we don't even know like bad ideas always gone from one wave to the next right we don't know if it's gonna ever ever come back till till it does and surprises all of us but like i mean do you do you have plans to, to, to still work with them and and keep keep because you do you do a lot of writing and stuff with them too not just like yeah yeah i just turned
1: i just turned in another uh couple a page stories last week um so i'm still like i my workload is uh like 98 percent fox house and then two percent bad idea so i'm still do stuff when they need me there and i have i have a bunch of stuff that i'll eventually get to there as well but um yeah i just i i would say i split my time but it's mostly flux house because i'm writing and drawing yeah um at the same time. But uh yeah, I still bad ideas the only I think that's the only other publisher I'm really working with at this point. I think contra I have a the deal with Dark Wiz is they let me do whatever I want, but I don't I can't just go anywhere else and do anything else I want either. Oh okay. Um, to be fair, which is um I don't care. Like what else who else is gonna let me do <laughs> the things I'm doing? <laughs> I don't why would I go somewhere?
0: <laughs> yeah, it it seems like they're it seems like they're good. People to work for and like i like i mentioned you know it's a tumultuous time for for indie publishers right now and um you know say what you want about bad idea you know i know that you know some, some people get irritated some people are against the the model but like everybody knows when you say bad idea comics everybody knows what you're talking about everybody knows about these comics um you know whether they buy them or not you know but like you know all press is good press in a way technically right but like you're you're mm-hmm. you're you're sparking discussion Right and and it's and people are continuously discussing it and being reminded of stuff in between new releases. Right, so I mean that's that's one of the most powerful things you could do as a publisher. Uh, And then yeah, the the you know Dark Horse seems to be in 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 a pretty good spot now, like being involved in 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 you know video games and and all these other you know entities that they have like under the Dark Horse brand now. And then so yeah, to to be to be under that umbrella and, you know, protected from the hard rains. Like that's got to, that's got to feel, you know, pretty good. Right. Um, but I yeah. mean, I and mean, even if all, if, if worse came to worst, you could always, can always go back to Kickstarter. Cause you, I mean, you know that game too, but I mean, it seems like a lot of people like Kickstarter, um, but it is a lot, a lot more stress. Well, may, maybe not in this. Cause you're, you're really, it sounds like you're really tied into the production aspect of, of Flux house products too. So like, I guess you just don't have to really worry about shipping. Right, like you're just you, like they yeah, handle yeah. those kind of aspects, right?
1: They do, yeah, yeah. They handle all the shipping and fulfillment, fulfillment or whatever. But it's, but uh, yeah, and that's really the only, the only, the only uh, concrete difference, you know, and not having to read the, like comment page on that Kickstarter, <laughs> which is might be the. <laughs> most toxic part of the internet i've ever experienced you know I yeah think well god, it, for, people... god
0: forbid you have a typo in a word bubble or put out the no, the wrong kind of cbr file or something i will say
1: it's great Here, here's what's great yeah i did all that stuff everything you just said I know. Real I know. Uh, but not said as politely as you just said it uh <laughs> what's great, it's great like uh but i did we somebody did catch like there was a missing balloon or something on one of the pages and they and i was like i there's still time to fix this i'll fix it before it goes to press you know so it was kind of nice to release a pdf and then we basically crowdsourced an extra round of editing <laughs> where like some of the readers found a thing and i was like oh good we'll fix it for a print that would have drove me crazy if i noticed it after it was printed um, nice yeah so it's a it was, it was good and bad but i think a lot of it was people online forget that you're talking to another re- real person and mm-hmm. i think a lot of people forget or don't realize like it's like it's i'm the one p- packing these boxes or, or like yeah say, or you know i'm the one replying i I think i remember
0: in one of the updates you you like asked the audience you were like who knows how to make a cbr file you're like i need some help but i mean that was like that was cool like i mean and, and i'm sure i'm sure it's i mean you you released the digital files so like i mean it was it was figured out and and, and things ended up being yeah. okay. And then, like I said, the, the finished product is is one of the most beautiful books you can have on a shelf. So,
1: I mean, it oh, all ended up it. being okay. Well, that was another thing, like the gilding on those page edges. I don't, people, if people care, I don't care. I wanted to have gilding on a, on page edges for 20 years and I've pitched it to every publisher, too expensive, too expensive, you know, or a printer doesn't do it or this or mm-hmm. that, you know? And then, uh, and even at Dark Horse, I was like, gilding and they're like i was like we have to raise the price like so much i was like so they they actually put it in my ball in my court i was like well i don't know that's whatever and then uh i was worried about you know making sure i don't want to lose them money but the beauty of the kickstarter was we'll we'll raise the money first and now and then that's built in like the books are for sure going to get it you know and then it was a lot more. I think it was like two dollars more per book to get the oh wow gilding, which is kind of a lot, you know. But uh I was like, I don't care. I want to before I die. We're gonna have a book with my name on it <laughs> and then gilding on the edges. You're like the Bible has gilded edges. Matt Kent can get gilded edges too. <laughs> right I mean, That book. My book's written better. More. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna go there, but. No, well uh man
0: i've kept you over an hour man this was such i like you're you're a charming talented fellow and i i cannot thank you enough for for uh giving blake's buzz a a chance and and coming on my show because i just i respect the hell out of you man and like i've said numerous times these new books you got coming out like pre-order them ladies and gentlemen mr mammoth is the next one coming out um and then we gotta we should get another issue of spy superb this much this month which like if you guys aren't reading that you're making a mistake it's so good get the hardcover of of mr mammoth though because i i want people to read it so i can talk about it with people right because it's like ever since reading it i was like i was like oh my god i need to i need to like talk about this and then but you can't really talk about it unless someone else reads it or you're going to ruin it for them because it's just it just it's it's like it's constantly in flux right it's it's a changing narrative that just kind of like delicately carries you to the raw intense violent conclusion (laughs) we'll
1: Um, have to do we'll do a spoiler conversation later or uh whatever next after it comes out So people can choose to watch it after they've read it. Oh, dude. Hey, (laughs) Matt Kent
0: wants to come back on my show. Matt Kent can come back on my show anytime, man.
1: Also, I got to figure out a way to get you paid to write reviews. I I can't tell you how many times I'm reading a review or reading a book. And I'm like, I really want to write a review of this graphic novel you know just to point out all these things i'm noticing and then i was like i don't who's got the time i don't have the time to do that and then <laughs> so i yeah. don't do it but uh i would your voice writing reviews would be a great addition i think to the industry well,
0: thank you I, I, that <laughs> will means... figure it out I mean, I mean, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make this I'm gonna I'm gonna make Sorry. a little audio clip of that I, to like I didn't mean to, to embarrass you just now. <laughs> no, that's like the opposite of okay. like my dad telling me he's proud of me. Uh, which I <laughs> <laughs> just made it weird. But uh cool. no man, I, I, I really appreciate that. And um yeah, writing writing reviews is hard. And and especially like if you wanna like so many people just rehash the plot, right? And that doesn't that's not exciting to read no. and no one likes no one really likes spoilers, but yeah, it's and, and, and now it's it's funny because I I feel like you're probably not this is like this is probably like against the grain for you but like right now like YouTube Shorts and TikTok like everybody wants like sixty second reviews and yeah. these like quick little which are kind of fun to make but the dude the other night I was trying to help out a Kickstarter and made this little little review. Uh, for uh, a thing called Truth, um, uh, Volume Two, which just got just ended and was successfully funded, probably because I made this video. I don't know, maybe. But, <laughs> but sixty-second video took me two fucking hours because, like, I was the the software messed up and it kept exporting and the it was out of sync. The audio wasn't lining up, and I was like, man, I was getting aggravated. And like, I just got like a new like the comic book community like came together and like helped me do, do a GoFundMe and like I got like a new laptop and and. new setup and stuff to like keep the podcast going and like i was like i was like what the fuck man like i have this brand new machine i got everything i could ever fucking want and i can't figure out how to edit this video (laughs) and uh but yeah like that's that's the new trend going on is these really short videos and they're like i said when when they don't take you two hours they're kind of fun but I also do miss like, you know, writing, like really writing like, you know, five or 600 or 700 words on, on a review, um, you know, and like really getting to like, you know, play with my own voice and and describe things how I want to describe them because you don't yeah, you lose no, the man, time.
1: I, I miss that. I miss like the comics journal. The print edition would have like like a multi like thousand word review of like Paul Pope's new issue of thb or whatever and i was like that's what i want i want to see somebody's like in-depth uh essay on like whatever is just came out yeah it's uh
0: it, it's a it's a, but, i worry it's like a dying deal right because it's or it's not dying there's always yeah, going to yeah. be people that review stuff but yeah it's uh there there's not there's like a echelon right of like like people are like i review novels but i'm not going to review a graphic novel and then like Mm. these people are like i go to the comic book shop every wednesday i could write reviews but they're not they don't understand the mechanics of writing and so it's it's not very good writing and then it's like and then people are like i don't like reading reviews because they're boring and it's so it's like to like get out from under that and like showcase mm-hmm. that. But again, like it, it, it just, it, it all takes time. It takes time to find readers, build audiences, you know, you're, you fucking write awesome books. So like you, you get it. Like it's good, good writing takes time, takes effort and it takes a lot out of you sometimes, but it's worth it. And like it, you know, it's like you, you, you sweat, you know, you, you sweat blood over it and then, but then it, you know, you read it when it's done and you're like, Oh shit, I did that. All right. Like I, I feel good about it.
1: Okay, yeah, I know that's good. I well, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to tap you to do some, figure out some TikTok uh, versions of uh, <laughs> for my books. I'm I'm kind of intrigued by that. <laughs> uh, hey, like honestly, dude,
0: for real, anything Blake's buzz can ever do for you, like I, I'm happy to help. Um, and uh, yeah, like you, just, you, you just you feed. I, I make the joke that I'm like an elephant that works for peanuts, but I work for PDFs, and so you know, like it, it's just, well, yeah, yeah. I'm i'm on dark i'm on dark horses list so i get i get their stuff now but yeah it's uh you know any for real man you ever want to come back on the show or if you ever like a lot of creatives are getting into TikTok tock to advertise and stuff new books coming out and mm-hmm. stuff and like man any anything i can ever do for you matt for real like i i res- you're just awesome and i appreciate you and yeah it's this was like this was one of this is going to go up there and like one of my top like podcasting moments and i almost oh, won an man, award thank- I almost like I was I was a runner up for Kansas City Magazine's Best Local Podcasts. So, like so it was like that. And then like Matt Kent, like you guys are like neck and neck for for my <laughs> for my heartstrings right now.
1: Right, we're going to get you that award next time or I'm going to figure out what <laughs> I got to do, who I got to talk to. But no, I appreciate it. It's nice to have like an intelligent conversation about comics in general. So um, it's rare. It feels good to. <laughs> thanks for oh, having me you're, you're,
0: you're just you're singing my song right now i'm all boosted up uh yeah yeah <laughs> call, bring it bring it back uh the polite podcast host that i am uh this is the part where i ask you um i don't i don't like i don't know if you have a newsletter or a sub or anything we're like where's where's a good place to keep track of you on socials if if flux house has a website like where do we keep track of your new stuff
1: hey, you can go to if you go to my website mattkin.com you can like you can just uh sign up for i do like an email newsletter. Letter like okay. twice a week, or not twice a week, every two weeks. Um, with just whatever, talk about stuff. That's where I talk about like books I read that I like, or right. things I'm listening to, or whatever. And then, uh, and board game recommendations if you're into board games and uh yeah there and then i'm on twitter facebook just matt kent you know just look for my name i'll I'll be on there somewhere
0: awesome well everybody give matt a follow keep track of his books i know everybody hates pre-ordering comic books for some reason but it's important to pre-order and you should pre-order mr mammoth and the sequential issues of vice superb because as i said earlier it's not just a clever name it's a superb book it's fun to read it's funny it's violent it's weird and quirky a lot of these things that make great comics like the things that make matt's comics great is all in spy superb on full display and it's it's super exciting and uh every we've had two issues right now and i each one has just blown me away, and I have no idea where the story's going to go. And this whole idea of like happy accidents and of just like the bumbling fool, and I just love it, man. It's so good. You're, you're, you're. I'm really excited for your new books and and your new opportunities with with Dark Horse and this new Flux House line, man. Like, if this is what we got on the first wave, I can't wait. I can't wait to see the the following projects, man. Like, I'm I'm just so stoked for it.
1: Uh, thanks, man. I appreciate it.
0: Buzz, Buzz Babies. Did you know Blake's Buzz has a Patreon? If you want to support the show, you can sign up for just three bucks a month. You can go to patreon.com slash blakesbuzz and sign up to be a Builder Bee. With your help, I'm able to keep the mics hot and the lights on. To all the current Builder Bees, I want you to know that I appreciate you all so much. Thanks for helping to make the buzz bigger, better, and louder. I'll see y'all on the internets, babies.